Hey, it's Leon, house photographer, social media guy, and purple belt from Studio 540 in San Diego. Some might say that grappling is a young man's sport. I disagree. I mean, let's look at L.U. Gracie and his brother Carlos. They lived to 96 and 92 years old, respectively, and still trained until they died. Now, of course, grappling in your younger years can come a lot easier and whatever, but I, honestly, I can't wait for you to hear this interview with Richard Cullivan, who started training not in his 30s, not in his 40s, but yes, in his 50s. As of this recording, Richard is a fourth degree black belt and is in his late 70s. Richard is still teaching every week, and if you've taken his classes, you know he is all about the slow and steady pressure. Richard has always been an inspiration to me, showing me that you can train smart and that this is not just a young person's sport. In this interview, we talk about starting BJJ in his 50s, the early days of BJJ in San Diego, and his motivation to keep training in his late 70s. Enjoy. Richard, thank you for being on with me today. Hey, thank you, Leon. Good to see you. Good to see you too. How are you surviving the uh, coronavirus quarantine? <laughs> like like everybody else, it's uh, Groundhog Day. <laughs> I think it'd be day 16 now <laughs> from, yeah. from uh, when we started over two weeks ago. So I saw these, like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw this interesting post um, that just felt so real. It said, due to Corona, there are only three days of the week now, yesterday, today, <laughs> yeah. and tomorrow. <laughs> right, exactly. Every day is the same, really. And yeah. I get up late now. I think, you know, it's like, I, never, I, always, I always got up at 6, 6.30, and now I get up like at 8, 8.30. And it's like, yeah, yeah stay up yeah, the, the night reading. The sleep timing thing is all out of whack for me too and and other friends i've talked to it's just kind of like why go to bed why wake up early <laughs> so it's all over the place it's terrible but really um is. anyway i'm excited to hear about your story in jujitsu um i think that each sure. of us have a unique story to tell um in in how we've discovered jujitsu how we've processed it where we're at today and i'm excited to hear your story so let's just start off with, uh, tell people your name, your rank, and who gave you your black belt. Oh, uh, well, yeah, my name is uh, Richard Cullivan. Um, I, I'm a fourth degree uh, black belt under Rodrigo Medeiros. Um, and I've been with him since about 1996 or seven, I believe. Yeah, 97. So it's been like 20, 23 years. 23 um, years training. With Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I actually was older when I started. So I started with uh, Nelson Montero mm -hmm. up in Del Mar. And then he moved away to Abu Dhabi. Right. Because we had a student there at the time who was uh, one of the... Uh, princes from uh from abu dhabi that's right and he went back and he took nelson with him and so i had yeah. no instructor so then I, mm. I ended up with uh fabio santos and then uh and then uh ultimately with rodrigo Medeiros. so um, confirm or deny at that time if i remember 
my history right, because I wasn't training then, obviously, but um, right uh, at that time, weren't those kind of the only three guys you could train with in San Diego? They were the only guys. Um, yeah, in fact, I think that was even before I started in 93, which yeah. was um, with Nelson, and Rodrigo was not here yet. It, okay. It was just it was just Nelson and Fabio were the wow. only two that I knew of. I, I didn't know of anybody else. There might have been a couple. I think there were a couple of guys training in their garage or something. Sure. Which, uh, but but other than that, there were just the two. And yeah. then Rodrigo came to San Diego, I believe, in like '96. Okay. And then I met so, him, I think, in '97. Yeah. Compare the mid '90s with today the jujitsu culture has changed drastically in San Diego. Oh yeah. Oh what yeah. What do you, what yeah, do you think of this sure. idea? I mean, it feels like you could kind of <laughs> throw a stone in any direction and hit a jujitsu club, right? Oh yeah. 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 There, yeah. There's probably not a small town in anywhere around that doesn't have at least one, two or three yeah. studios somewhere. So yeah. What do you what do you think about the growth of uh, jujitsu specifically in San Diego? What, what kind of changes have you seen over the years? Well, I mean, obviously, other than the proliferation of uh, so many, you know, so many students, uh, studios, mm -hmm. and and students, uh, it's also also the development of uh, you know social media. So there's a lot of available stuff on social media, which you know most guys that start now have already been on social media, so they already know stuff or think they know stuff sure um so that i mean that's a big difference there was really none of that you right. know when i started everything was kind of word of mouth mm -hmm. and uh and that's kind of the way i found out about it um yeah. and, and also my interest in the ufc uh, that that was you know really that was that was kind of the entree for a lot of people i think at that time right Mm -hmm. was the ufc and, and hoist gracie and, and the gracie family and all that right all that stuff so so you yep. said you started training a little bit later in life. How old were you when you started training? I was 52 when I started. So 52. Yeah. Yeah. So 78 now. So yeah. That's so amazing. I, I was always the oldest guy by probably 15 years or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, from the time I started and that hasn't changed too much now, but sure. Um, so but, yeah, was, so you're are you saying that you kind of discovered jujitsu through the UFC? Um, and yeah, I I had a buddy. I, I was working for the probation department at the time, and I had another buddy who worked for the gang unit, <clears throat> and um, and he called me one day. Well, we were both kind of interested in the UFC. We watched one or two, and and uh, he called me one day, and he said, "Hey, you know, there's there's a guy." uh in del mar that you know teaches jujitsu and you know been thinking about going down there and yeah. blah 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 anyway so me and this other friend of mine ended up going down there to nelson's which was over by the racetrack at mm -hmm. the time and um i i think uh there, there's a studio there now mm -hmm. uh michael phelps i think is oh, the yeah. instructor mm -hmm. over there and, right. and and anyway um so we we just started walked in the door and met nelson and, and started you know and and uh yeah what was going through your mind on out. that first day do you remember that first day and what was going through your mind yeah well at that time the way the way that he did it the way that nelson did it was you go in there and you meet him and he go you know you'd ask questions and he'd go well do you want to he said you know let's 
get on the mat and I'll, yeah. I'll show you some stuff. Mm -hmm. So he got on the mat and of course, you know, he'd tell you to try to, you know, try to get him on the ground or whatever. And of course, yeah. you know, everything, everything went badly for you, which was the way it was <laughs> supposed to be. And, and, uh, and then of course that was, that was kind of the selling point, you know, mm -hmm. even, even guys that were, you know, pretty athletic and whatnot, which, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wouldn't do very well, of course. And then it got you more interested. So. We share this common experience. My first day on the mat was also with Nelson. Oh, and I remember <laughs> he, I did the warm up with the class and I, I wasn't really in shape at the time, but I wasn't like terribly out of shape. I was just not, you know, conditioned. So I did the warm up. We're kind of running around the mat and doing our thing. And I felt like I was going to puke just from the warm up. Then right. Nelson pulls me over to the side and he's like, okay, we're going to work together. And the class kind of went on and did their thing. And he, he just did a one-on-one -on -one with me and he said, um, okay, Here's what we're going to do. I can't remember which came first, but he, he mounted me and then he had me mount him. Um, so whichever uh -huh. came first, he said, I want you to try to escape this position. I'm going to sit on top of you. I want you to escape. Whatever you want to do, anything goes. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I wrestled for one year when I was in eighth grade. I can do this. <laughs> and, you know, then the opposite, you know, he's like, okay, now I want you to just hold me down and, uh, you know, I'll escape. And uh, just don't let me escape, you know. And uh, I tried everything I could think. And then he said, okay, great. Well, why don't you go ahead and uh, get changed and meet me in the office and we can talk a little bit. So I went into the bathroom to go change out of the loner gi. And I literally, Richard, I'm telling you, I, I thought I was going to puke. I was so like, I used up so much energy. I was overexerted. I'm like fanning myself with the gi. Like I took the jacket off. I'm like fanning myself. I literally laid down on the bathroom floor just to kind of like recover. And when I finally, oh, yeah. and, I, and I'd held it together, I didn't puke. But by the time I went back into Nelson's office, you know, he is like sitting there reading a jujitsu magazine, just like chilling. And he's right. like, oh, Leon, you doing okay? <laughs> My brother, you got to take care of yourself. <laughs> he could tell I was green. I think oh, he was yeah. like, this guy was just about to lose his lunch. But oh, um, God. that's interesting. So you, and Nelson was the first place you ever went. And yep. uh, was there, um, I mean, were, did you have any previous experience with grappling or martial arts? Not martial arts per se. I, I, boxed pretty much all my life i think my dad bought me mm. boxing gloves when i was like six years old so i'd always box mm -hmm. and i'd done some wrestling you know trained with some uh some of the wrestling team at san diego state and when i was in junior college i had some friends that wrestled i used to mm -hmm. wrestle with them yeah but i never wrestled competitively at all yeah but i had you know i had boxing and i played rugby for many years played a lot of a lot of sports a lot of pick up basketball until I was in my fifties and my knees got bad. Mm. And, uh, you know, so I'd always done a lot of contact sports. Right. And so I thought I was, you know, okay. in most, in most circumstances on right. even on the mat. Yeah. You know, but of course, uh, you know, you find out very quickly that, that, uh, all of what you know doesn't really mean much of anything. You know, <laughs> it's when a different somebody gets all together, isn't it? I mean, pretty, yeah. Right. I, I look at guys who play rugby and I'm amazed. I'm like, how can you take that much damage, um, you know, over a ball on a field and these guys just keep going, you know, but you're right. Yeah. I think anything that you learned on the rugby field 
you know, it has minimal effect when you start training jujitsu. Well, it, it, it does. It does. But, uh, you know, your, your, your base and your balance and all mm, that kind of stuff true. and leverage, you know, when you're, when you're in the rucks and you're, you know, going after the ball, you're always getting low and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to uh, control the other guy, uh, you know, get leverage underneath the guy, which sure. is similar to jujitsu. So a lot of the concepts really, um, in, in all sports really, and even boxing, it's a lot about angles and leverage. So, mm -hmm. so all of them kind of fit, except mm -hmm. that, you know, the actual individual moves, you know, are different, of course. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, a, a, a jujitsu guy would have a hard time on a rugby field as well. You know, so, <laughs> absolutely, <huh>? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> there's no conserving energy and playing lazy on a rugby field is there <laughs> no I, I i remember my first practice in rugby at san diego state the first day i went out and it was it was kind of a scrimmage and we we're running back and forth and i thought god i said there's no way i could ever play a whole game of this because i ran across of course I'm, I'm chasing the ball everywhere it goes yeah and after a while, you learn how to, you know, how to create, how to, you know, use the angles and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. conserve your energy and that sort of thing. But yeah. at that time, I didn't know. So I was just sprinting back and forth. And I thought, man, I'm going to die out here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like horrible. Well, so gonna... let's so t let's talk about your claim to fame with your jujitsu style. So like let's just pretend that we put together some of your favorite training partners, maybe people that you've trained with for, you know let's say five or more years, if, if they got together and had a drink, how would they describe Richard's jujitsu? Oh, wow. That's a really a good question. Um, ah, I don't know. It probably depends on which one you ask, <laughs> you know, because, you know, so, I mean, and of course, I love training with my master, Rodrigo, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, some of the guys, you know, there at Revolution. There are also, you know, guys um, at, at 540 I love training with. Uh, gosh, um, I, I would say, um, you know, I, 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 I can create a lot of pressure from top position, mm -hmm. uh, which... In, in jiu-jitsu, you always want to be in top position if you can, just like on the street. You don't want to be on the bottom ever. Mm -hmm. if, if you're in a, a street situation uh, or you're in a, a jiu-jitsu match, you don't want to be on the bottom if you can help it. Mm -hmm. But um, I'd say most guys would describe my game as a lot of half guard, you know, a lot of, a lot of creating discomfort from the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, which is what I try to do all the time. I, I try to, um, uh, I'll give up the top position a lot because I really, I've got bad knees. And mm -hmm. so, it, you know, a lot of injuries over all the years. Uh, it's a much easier place for me to protect my knees mm -hmm. than from the bottom in half guard. Mm -hmm. And then try to create sweeps and try to create pressure to make the guy move the way he doesn't want to move. Mm -hmm. And I'd say most guys that train with me uh, would, 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 tell you that you know mm -hmm. that i can create a lot of discomfort from the bottom yeah um in order to get on top and then mm -hmm. once i get on top i don't want to ever be on the bottom again <laughs> yeah exactly so, yeah so you know that uh, but if i but if you are then you are I mean, mm -hmm. it's, 
So that's why I always recommend to people that they train a lot from the bottom, even though you don't want to be there because mm -hmm. you're inevitably going to end there up there uh, at, at times. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that, that would, that would probably be it. Yeah. Pressure from the top and, and create uh, havoc from the bottom if you can. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I with some of the things that have stuck with me the most from your classes are really that top pressure, um, really tight control from the top. There's something that you taught us from side control where um, you're really focusing on the hips and controlling yes. the hips from right. side control. Right. And exactly. um, there's some lessons there that you taught me that I was able to chain into doing neon belly, which has become a real yep. great tool for me. And um yeah, I, I would say, you know, I, as far as learning from your classes, I see and feel a lot of that top pressure for sure. You know, yeah. um, I know that you've, that you've probably taught us, you know, a lot of kind of pressure passing um, more than a lot of other techniques, but certainly control right. in the top of half guard. So, um, but then training with you, as you were explaining how your, your style is, then training with you, I do realize that, I feel like when we start out, you do like to play bottom. Yeah. However, once you sweep me and get to the top, which is inevitable, then I'm just, I'm in bad shape for the rest of the round. <laughs> I feel that, that all, it's all coming together now. I see, I see how it works for, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, for, you know, mentally, it's just the way my brain is going to work. You know, I'm, I'm going to protect myself first. And a lot of times if I'm training with a new guy or somebody I don't know that well, mm -hmm. um, it's a good way to learn how a guy, you know, how, how they use their energy. So sure. if I start out on the bottom, I really feel like I can protect myself a lot better. When you're on top, you don't know if a guy goes, spazzes out and, mm -hmm. you know, starts flailing around and, you right. know, hooks your leg somehow and, right. uh, you know, you can easily get injured, but on the bottom, I can control that. I, I feel more. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and like you said, um, when I'm on top, even, you know, passing the guard, you all, I always want to kill something. Mm. If I kill their hips or I can kill an arm or I can, I can control their head somehow. Mm -hmm. That's why I, I really like the North South position a lot. Yes. Um, and I don't like having people get that where that place on me. I right. don't like guys going north south. So I try, mm -hmm. always try to protect myself from people going north south. Mm -hmm. But I like to go north south. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, that, that uh, uh, you know, north south choke is like my favorite really now. I remember some details of your north south choke. I think you used me to demonstrate uh, one time, one class, and it was miserable. But I remember, you know, at that point, learning uh, the the thing that stuck with me on that one was really how you use your rib cage to turn their face a little bit, yeah, really kind right, of sink yeah. into it and allow your rib cage. You know, here's here's the thing I've learned over time. So I'm still, you know, I'm just a purple belt. I've been at it about eight years. Um, it's a recreational thing for me and I try to train like three times a week, but so I'm not, uh, you, I'm not maybe the, the star student of the class. Right. But Every <laughs> guy is. you know, it like takes me a little while to soak, let this stuff soak in. But, um, I had learned the North South choke 
but there was that detail about the ribs using the rib pressure to kind of right. turn the head a little bit more or the hip yeah and, hip or ribs depending mm -hmm. what you can get on exactly there. Yeah. yeah and to cinch it down one thing i like about your style of jujitsu is that um and and i talked about this with um who did i talk about this with jess jess has a similar style in the sense that um it's slow and steady and it's just one more click it's like a ratchet one more click one more click one more click and i feel like when we train uh, you're like starting to sink something in starting to sink it in and it's just slow and steady there's there's no um fast explosive dynamic um you know uh flashy kind of movement with you yeah well a, a lot of that comes from the the carson gracie style mm -hmm. um you, you know which i obviously got from rodrigo Madero's, sure. and, and and actually uh even you know fabio um right to a large degree i mean mm -hmm. they <clears throat> they're they're all about positioning you know body mm -hmm. position and maintaining position right. over submission so mm -hmm. Um, a lot of guys will go from a really good control position where they, you know, where they're controlling the action and then they explode into some submission that they mm -hmm. see, mm -hmm. but it may not have really been there or the other person waiting for them to do that. But if you do it incrementally so that you maintain control the whole time, it makes, to me, it makes the uh, submission mm -hmm. much more inevitable yeah. Um, yeah. than you know than the other unless you're really quick and fast which a lot of young guys are but you know yeah it works for them for a while but yeah it's not going to work forever <laughs> did you ever compete you know i only competed once or twice twice yeah twice um as a purple belt mm -hmm. and it was it was in an old tournament back in uh the last one i competed in was a tournament in uh it was a joe marrera i don't even know if you've heard of that guy familiar, he no. was joe marrera he was a ufc fight he fought in the ufc and he was uh he was quite a guy i think i don't know if he's even still around i, I see something about him every once in a while but he had a tournament up in la and he had a lot of really good students Mm -hmm. And I fought one of his guys and lost mm -hmm. to a guy. Um, I was, I don't even know, I don't even know those, um, the uh, categories anymore, but I was probably 57 or 58, but the highest class they had was like 40 to 45. Mm -hmm. So this guy was like, you know, 42, which it really didn't make that much difference. I just, I made a mistake and lost. I got, I got swept. I was passing his guard and got swept. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up on top again, but mm -hmm. he ended up winning. So that was the only, you know, that was the only real tournament I actually ever competed in. Mm -hmm. And I ended up losing in that, in that fight. And that yeah. guy, uh, you know, that was in like 90, that was when I first went to Rodrigo. I think it was like 97, 90, maybe 98, something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So, well, I so I started training in my 30s, not necessarily like you know late in life or anything, but um, I think as a dad and as somebody who um, likes right. his health, there's a there's a <laughs> resistance in me. You know, like I look at a lot of these competitors and I see some of these freak injuries that happen at competitions or tournaments. Oh yeah, and uh, it, that doesn't appeal to me. Like I know it can happen in the gym, 
Um, but that's one of the things that's kept me away from competing. I just don't, re I don't like the idea that I'm showing up to, um, you know, perform at a top level and fight for uh, a medal. I like the idea of testing myself, but sure. I'd rather do that in the gym against guys that I know I'm, I've come up with. They've passed up, right. you know, they've passed me, I've passed them, you know, we kind of know each other a little bit better. I'd, I'd rather be tested there, but how much of that played into your decision not to compete a lot? Well, a lot. I mean, I, I already had a lot of injuries anyway. I, you know, my knees were pretty trashed. I couldn't mm -hmm. run since I was like 50. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it really had to do with that. And the other thing is, I mean, I competed in sports virtually all my life, mm -hmm. you know, ever, ever since uh, college. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I played competitive rugby. I played you know, basketball, I boxed, I did all, all this stuff. And I really didn't have any fire to compete at, in my late fifties. Got it. Which yeah. Is when this happened and I was kind of talked into it. It was one of those things mm -hmm. where I got, Oh, you know, in the gym, because I was, you know, I was better than a lot of people much younger than me. And mm -hmm. at the time, and, mm -hmm. and they would always have an, Oh man, you got to compete. And Oh yeah. 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 And then, you know, my master, and, oh yeah, you got to do this Marrera tournament. And I go, ah, well, I, I didn't really want to, <laughs> yeah. but I ended up doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and honestly, you know, there's so much guard pulling now, and right. and and you know, for my knees now, you know, if you you get pulled guard wrong, you know, if somebody pulls guard exactly. on you wrong, I mean, you're yeah. blowing knee right there, and I'm sure. done. You know, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, it's like. So yeah, I I I really never had the fire to compete at in jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I just love the sport. I love the technical aspects of it. I'm I'm like a, a geek. I'm, I'm I'm watching videos constantly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watch matches constantly. Yeah. Even now, so mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. What What are some things that you think, uh, or that you've observed that have changed over time with jujitsu like think back to kind of when you started out at rodrigo's i mean think about yeah. you know, how many people might have been in the class you know the presence of you know uh, women um, um rivalries you know the growth what what kinds of things have you observed that have changed that are interesting to you well i mean the classes are a lot bigger now sure <laughs> you know it, it was uh probably the biggest classes that I went to at that time. Now, now Fabio might have had classes of 15, 16 people. Mm -hmm. When I first went to Rodrigo, the classes were maybe eight or 10. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you got to roll a lot. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a lot of sparring. They might show a position and then you'd, you know, probably spar for half an hour, 40 minutes or more. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that aspect of it. I mean, you know, the technical aspects of it with uh, a lot of use of the De La Hiba now, we, you know, guys didn't use that as much then. It was more, you know, straight pressure passing and, and, uh, you know, mount, boom, mm -hmm. you know, choke, mm -hmm. boom, arm bar, you know, I mean, it mm -hmm. was, uh, um, there were guys that were really good at, certain things that you didn't expect you know like mm -hmm. if a guy really knew a, a loop choke there mm -hmm. weren't a lot of guys that did that and i can remember when i first went to rodrigo there were two little guys about 150 pounds they were both blue belts 
And those guys would loop choke me like two or three times a, every, every, <laughs> you know, every sparring session, you know, that was their, like, their thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, you know, they're both ended up really high level competitors and they were, mm -hmm. you know, really young guys, but, but yeah, I, I think, you know, probably the classes are a lot bigger now, you mm -hmm. know, obviously mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot more popular. Again, people have more access to all this information. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you t teach stuff, you're not, te you're never teaching anything new, really. Right. In those days, everything was new, pretty mm, much. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like because there was, you know, none of that internet stuff, and 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 there wasn't as much exposure to the whole right. sport as now. So, and do you think that that may have been part of the reason that um, there was a different culture of jujitsu? There was a there was a culture, as I understand it, back in the day where you wouldn't go just casually train at another gym. Um, no, that was a real negative thing. Like you, you could be like kicked out of the gym, I guess, if you, if you did that kind of thing, but nowadays, yeah. you know, it seems a little more free. And I think studio 540 had a big role in that, but with, with videos being out there, I feel like every, if you, if you are in Keenan Cornelius's, uh, you know, if you're going to compete against him, like you could go watch all of his tutorials and his videos and it's all out there right. for you. Right. Um, or even like some lesser known people, they put out videos a lot, but back in the day, was it more like the, do you think the mentality, I'm trying to figure out where that mentality came from. Was it more um, a Brazilian culture kind of thing or a traditional martial artist <laughs> kind of thing? Or was it like, let's protect <laughs> our techniques because Rodrigo is the man who's really good at this. And he, build a team based on that or what do you think contributed to that well i i i, I can tell you from my point of view and, it, and it's yeah it's been verified by other other people um you know the uh the the helio gracie part of the family mm -hmm. you know i think they protected their their brand more you mm. know they were they and they protected the uh you know, the techniques more. And I mean, the whole jujitsu community at that time was kind of a gang mentality. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you know, going to the other guy's territory. And yeah. They don't come into yours. And, yeah. you know, it was even at the tournaments and stuff. And there weren't that many tournaments. Uh, sure. that I remember that Joe Marrera tournament. There were, gosh, I, I you know, that was before they had worlds here and, mm. and all, any of that stuff. So yeah. there, were, there was almost no tournaments really like there okay. are now. Yeah. And, um, and no, you didn't go to another guy's gym. Mm -hmm. um, again, it was a kind of a gang mentality and you didn't right. go to the other guy's gym, but uh, Carson Gracie was, is kind of known for just putting it all out there. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he was more of a, uh, designed his jujitsu to, to be a fighter you know, mm -hmm. to fight or to mm -hmm. protect yourself on the street, pure and simple. Mm -hmm. And so his idea was you just put everything out there and then everything gets more evolved more, you know, right. you learn more by right. putting it all out there. Right. And then it's just, can the other guy beat you or not? You know? Sure. And so he was kind of one of those people that, that sort of created this, this uh, explosion of, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you can, 
you know, train with other guys. You can, yeah. you know, doesn't matter what they know. If you, if you train harder and longer, right. and if you're bigger and tougher or whatever, then you're going to win. I'm on board with this thought. I, I fully agree with this thought. When I first started out, I was training uh, in a garage and um, the guy that I was training under, he moved out of state. And so I started my own garage. I bought the mats from him and set up my garage. And we were going through the Gracie Combatives program. So they had that DVD right. set and the online, you know, just kind of learn your basics, your fundamentals of jujitsu. And I remember teaching a small group of guys. Archie was one of my guys um, that came to the oh, gym. Oh, really? So yeah, Archie and I trained for ever ago as white belts in a garage. Uh, with this South African guy named Sky. And um, when Sky moved out uh, to Wisconsin to start his gym out there, um, we kept going. There was a small group of like four or five of us that that trained, and we would just try to stick to the curriculum. But I was, in the meantime, going to train with Mario at what was Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Solana Beach, which was our gym now, which you know became right. 540. When I would go there and learn things from uh, Mario or, you know, other guys that I was training with, I kind of had this hesitation, like, Oh, do I bring this back to the guys at my garage? Do I teach the guys at the garage, this technique? Because there was part of me that was like, no, I want to be better than these guys. Right. But here's what I learned. Like every time I taught a technique, yes, there was something in me. It was kind of like, well, I'm giving away like a new trick. But then I, I realized that it always pushed me because if I kept my tricks evolved, to myself, yeah. then I'm not helping them. And then they're not getting better. But if I teach them, I share these with them, they get better. And it pushes me to want to continue my learning and understand jujitsu. Right. Level. Yeah. So I'm on board you know, with that an, idea. I love that idea of sharing everything. You well, know. That's an interesting point. And, and, my philosophy was since I, I actually started teaching when I was a brown belt, pretty much, mm-hmm. at Rodrigo's probably in maybe 2000. Mm-hmm. And um, my philosophy always, at once I started teaching, you learn so much from teaching, first of right. all. Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's almost, for me, where a lot of learning really started. Mm-hmm. Because you learn to understand the students better. You learn to um, kind of have to create or evolve into a philosophy of how you teach and what your, what your goals are when you teach. Right. Um, and ultimately what I realized is I needed it. I I was trying to teach my students how to beat me. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if I could teach them, you know, how to pass guard, you know, ideally better. If I can, if they can do it better than me, that's good. That's good for me. Yeah. Um, if, uh, and, and of course, yeah, some of them did, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, if you teach long enough, you know, yeah. you're going to have guys that are, or you're going to teach that are better than you. Right. And, and that's, that's a good thing. And really. that process of teaching, like you're saying, you're getting feedback from the students. So they might ask questions that you never thought of before. And they may ask exactly, questions right. that were, were part of the technique that you took for granted or didn't really give any thought to, but they're right. asking something that kind of makes you think, oh, yeah, well, this is why you want to do it this way. So they, in some ways, in good ways, they challenge you to think deeper about it. And then you start to realize, too, you know what? Every time I teach this technique, they always have the same question. So I need to address this better when I teach right. it. Um, right. So it refines your teaching process. I love that whole uh, learning and teaching cycle. It's, uh, it's fascinating to me. Well, it is. Yeah, it, it's uh, 
and it, ne it never really ends. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the evolution of, of how you teach and, and it, it, it just never ends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm always, always looking for new ways to get stuff across, yeah. uh, you know, cause you know, some people are, are, I, I'm not every guy that's a really good practitioner is a good teacher. I mm -hmm. found that sure. to be absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, because some guys are so good. They don't even know what they do half the time. Mm, right. And, and I, I realized after a while that sometimes I would teach people and, and I would leave stuff out because mm -hmm. not because I intended to leave it out, but just because I'd always done it that way. Sure. And I just assumed everybody did it that way, but it's, it's yeah. often not the case. So, yeah. What would you say was your favorite belt promotion? Oh my God. That, that's, Oh man, I, I honestly, um, I don't even know, honestly, <laughs> the belt almost, I mean, I almost never felt ready for any belt, really. Right. Mm -hmm. I never really felt deserving of any belt. Right. And I always, always thought they were premature. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I was better than I thought I was, but I, but, but I just never felt, I never felt ready. I never, I honestly, every, most people have one. Uh, and if you talk to Rodrigo, his absolute favorite belt was purple belt. hundred percent. You want There's no question about it. hundred yeah. percent purple yeah. belt uh, because he competed as a purple belt. He won a lot of world championships and so on as a purple belt. Yeah. And, and so those are memorable for him. But, but honestly, I don't remember really feeling deserving of any of the belts, sure. to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we had a conversation yeah. a while back that, that, um, it was really, it really caught my attention. It was interesting. We talked about, um, belt promotions and we talked about previous belts and at some point you had mentioned that you never kept your previous belts. Once you got promoted to purple, you didn't keep I your did. blue because that was not the belt that you were at anymore. And I, I no. thought that was a unique perspective. I hadn't heard anyone talk about that before. I don't, I, I, I don't have any of my belts. Yeah. I don't have so, my original black belt. Really? Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, did you give them away? Did you kind of just toss them? Or you I do don't know. Them? They might, I, probably. I, I don't even remember. I might have <laughs> given, you know, like yeah. my other, other belts, I probably gave them to somebody or, sure. you know, somebody that got promoted or, or you know, some, yeah. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know. I, 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 you know, it's like, but I, it's, I don't know. It's kind of the way I live my life. To, sure. You know, what's, what's behind me is behind me. I already did that. So, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's history. So yeah, it's not as, not as important. The next thing's more important than the last thing. So. Right. And it was, it was really, <laughs> it caught my attention because I happen to be kind of a sentimental guy. So like, yeah, you yeah. know, when, when I got promoted uh, to purple, um, I looked at my blue belt kind of like affectionately i was like oh this is you know it was cute that was my that's my blue belt i'll, I'll keep that thing around you know because it's like you kind of look back and go well but yeah. when you when we had that conversation i thought yes that makes so much sense like your blue belt well, what are you ever going to do with your old blue belt hang it on the wall like, hang it up somewhere i don't know I don't, yeah. is there any i don't know maybe for somebody who's super sentimental like myself maybe there's some value yeah. in that. but i really like that philosophy i like that idea of moving forward not looking back, I'm a purple belt kind of, you know, my instructor said, 
I deserve this belt. I'm going to own it and move on. Um, yeah. I yeah. Like it was interesting. I, I, you know, when I got, when I got my black belt, I was actually, um, that was an interesting thing because there was no ceremony. I, I was, mm. I was, um, Rodrigo had invited me down to the studio. He was doing a series of videos that he, mm-hmm. you know, and I was going to help him. Uh, we had a videographer to come and uh, to do these videos. And, and before we started doing the, the video, he, he walked in and, and handed me this, this belt. I was a brown belt at the time. And yeah. he, he walks in and hands me the black belt. <laughs> and uh and i go oh okay there was no ceremony or anything like that and you know we shook hands and i tied it on and we went ahead and did this wow you know, did this did this video of, of uh i think it was neon belly escapes or something like that or, you yeah know, some interesting because i i remember coming across some belt promotions at rodrigo's that you know the rooms were packed i remember seeing joe's black belt promotion i think it was his black belt promotion and clark was there um you know so he used to have promotion ceremonies right or was this kind of before the ceremonies well yeah and this was well this would have been when i got my black belt in oh two i think all right 2002 which was only a couple years after he opened the studio down there i think Mm. the studio was open in like 2000 yeah so you know this large group like the you know the tutors and all those guys and the you know the clark gracies and all the guys that came through there a lot of the guys you know weren't there then so it it was it was a completely different vibe and a completely different yeah you know it was kind of more and and that's you know i mean that's the way uh he got i think rodrigo got his brown belt at a tournament uh before before the tournament, uh, Carson Gracie walked up to him and he hadn't looked at the brackets yet. And, and Carson had entered him in all the brown belt, uh, uh, as a brown belt. And yeah. he handed him his brown belt. You know, wow. And I think he ended up winning that tournament. But uh, wow. talk about being but, thrown into the deep end. Yeah, yeah. That's some yeah. pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 that's kind of the way they they did stuff you know yeah. he just thought he thought i was ready and mm-hmm. and he just hey, walked over and handed it to me and then you know i yeah. tied it on and we 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 did the the, the video and, yeah uh, <laughs> so pretty funny clark and joel uh, are two notable names from rodrigo's for sure um what was it like i mean were there any others that became superstars that came through there and what was it like training with clark in the in the earlier days of his uh, lower belts oh man well i mean he was always a load i mean he, he always he, he was always really good yeah and, and his brother's really good too you mm-hmm. know he used to train down there as well yeah. and there, i mean there have been a a bunch of really good competitors and when rodrigo when i first met rodrigo he was he was here in san diego part of the time and then he was up in uh, la habra mm-hmm. part of the time and and uh some of the guys that he had up there in la habra we'd go up and train like every other weekend or so we'd go up and train with these guys and it was tim cruder you know who was in the ufc uh javi vasquez who was in the ufc yeah uh, uh, and it was John Awano was one of the other mm-hmm. instructors. He was a brown belt like me. And he was, Awano was the first black belt that Rodrigo promoted. And I was second, like we were within a wow. week or two of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so anyway, now there were, there were a slew of guys that, that, and they, 
come down here and train every once in a while. Uh, Johnny Ramirez. I mean, there, there, there was a, you know, a whole laundry list of really high level competitors there yeah. and, yeah. and, and down here as well. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, when I first started with Rodrigo, uh, you know, Vitor Belfort was there, was trained oh, wow. there. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, there were, there were just a yeah. whole whole bunch of guys. I mean, I mean uh, Ryan Gracie used to come mm-hmm. down to PB when we were there. Uh, Fernando Margarita, all these guys. You know? Man, it's it's kind of um, I'm just kind of thinking about it. It's it's kind of a numbers game, right? If there were only a few places to train jujitsu in Southern California back right. then, right? You're you're bound to cross paths with these guys, right? Because right. they're going to oh, be yeah, looking yeah. for a place to train. And, uh, you know, it's more likely that you guys would, would, would be able to train together. And, well, it, it, it was interesting because a few weeks ago, uh, Joe Rogan mentioned at his podcast, these guys used to train downtown L.A. Uh, with um, Carson Gracie and Rodrigo, uh, Vitor Belfort, a bunch of, bunch of the old Carson Gracie guys, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the original guys from, from Brazil and, mm-hmm. and Rogan had wandered in there and he goes, Oh my God, there's like all these, these <laughs> killers in there. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't believe. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, Murillo Bursamante. Um, mm. You know, all these guys you saw in the UFC and, yeah. and uh, you know, winning tournaments and all that stuff. They were so what keeps amazing. you going with jujitsu? I mean, um, you know, <laughs> There was something that switched in you that was like, no, I, you know, I can't do these other sports because my knees. And then at some point, jujitsu became a part of you and you are motivated today to still train and stay healthy right, yeah, for it. What right. keeps you going? Ah, just, you know, it's it just, uh, I try to do something every day that I love. And, and that's one of them, you know, um, I just try to keep it built into my life in some way or another. I mean, the day's going to come where I can't teach anymore, but mm. I'll still be involved some way. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's it. And, yeah. and I love, I mean, really for me, it's all about the students. You know, if a mm. guy's ever been a student of mine, I consider him always a student. And, mm-hmm. and even Joel and all these guys, Jerry, uh, you know, uh, Andre, all these yeah. guys that used to train, you know, down at Rodrigo's, mm-hmm. uh, I still consider them students because i knew them when they first started i wow. i knew joel yeah. when he first day he walked in as a white belt wow um you know i knew uh you know jerry as a white belt i knew wow. all the all these guys that um a lot of them you know but i've known them since they started so they're mm-hmm. always students to me at right. first and, yeah. and and friends as well sure but um yeah, That's going to be very rewarding, I would think, to to yeah, see yeah, somebody go from white to black. Yeah, and if yeah, if you had it, if you had anything to do with it, yeah, it's a proud day, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, every, every. It's not necessarily the belt. It's it's when you see them improving and and maybe yeah. using things that you might have taught them that. That's the biggest thing, really. More right. than more important than the belt. The belts. As you as you could tell, the belts aren't that important to me <laughs> at all. Really, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's more. I mean, uh, you know, there, there there are guys that that are hell on wheels that are white belts and 
you know, blue belts and mm-hmm. stuff that, mm-hmm. that, 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 uh, so it's, it's not about the belts. It's about, it's about learning. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, taking what you learn and, and putting your spin on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yep. That's great. Um, <laughs> and so, man, I'm thinking there are a few people that I've seen start out at 540. Um, they started out yeah. as white belts. I watch them become blue belts and some now even purple belts. And, you know, I'm very, still very early in the process, but I can't imagine what it would be like to be a black belt and an instructor and watch someone walk in the door for the first day and then continue that path with them all the way through is so cool. And you're right. Right. There's still always going to be that evolution, that kind of constant learning. Um, But that just seems very rewarding as somebody who loves to teach. Oh, it is. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, I, I mean, there's nothing more rewarding than going in and even watching guys spar and see somebody use something that you might have taught them two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most fun of anything, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 oh, yeah, well, that stuff does work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a validation of, of, of sure. I mean, you don't know because, I mean, every, every technique you teach, there may be two or three people. If, if, say you got a class of 15, there might be two or three people in the class that will really use that. I mean, mm-hmm. for the others, it's just it's something they kind of learned and maybe they like it or not, but mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. But then there's those maybe one, two, three guys that take our girls that take the thing and they go, yeah, that really works for me. Yeah. You know, not everything works for everybody, for sure. That's true. And, uh, you know, I've noticed that uh, there are techniques that I've, um, you know, I've been participating in a class and I look at a technique and I drill it and I just think, gosh, I, I, I don't, I don't get this one. I don't see myself ever using this one. But then, right. you know, a year later I learn the same technique and I go, oh, I get it now. Like, Right, it yeah, makes yeah, more yeah. sense for some reason. You're you're ready, yeah, for for some yeah. reason or yeah. click. Yeah, I've 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 had that happen numerous times. Yeah, you know where, um, I, one very specific one was uh, a technique. It's a a little Z guard grip that you know under under the arm on the near side collar uh, that. Um, that I learned from Hegan Machado probably eight or 10 years ago. Mm. But at the time he was showing this thing, it was only me and him and like three or four other guys. And then he was showing this thing and I thought he was doing all this stuff with it. And I thought, I, I see that he's really good at this, yeah. but I'd try it and I didn't really understand it. And then like seven or eight years later, just like a couple of years ago, I happened to use this thing and I, and all of a sudden I, I realized how you could use this very effectively. And, yeah. and now I, I kind of teach it as a regular yeah. part of my classes because yeah. it's, it's so valuable. But it, at the time you, you're going, ah, you know, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It's not gonna work how did you me. cross paths with Hegan? Um, you know, I've met him over the years and, mm-hmm. and, and I always talk to him when I'm at tournaments and stuff. And then he came down when, uh, remember 858 Fight Shop over on oh, yeah. uh, Miramar yeah. Road? Yeah. Um, he came down there once to do a little seminar. There were just a few people. Wow. And he'd come down from L.A. And I, I, I kind of knew him anyway, you know, because yeah. I'd see him at tournaments. And he was always kind of interested in 
than me because I was like the oldest guy all the time at the yeah. tournaments. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and he, so he'd always talk to me and, and, uh, and so he came down and it was just a few people. There were only, God, I'm trying to think maybe six, seven, eight people there. Wow. Ended up at this little, uh, seminar, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I always talk to him when I see him now, even now at tournaments and whatnot. But That's uh, cool. Yeah, a what nice a contrast. Um, I'm thinking when he came to Studio 540 for his seminar and that kind of um, chapter of, of the Studio 540 history where we were having those, those seminars. I'm, I'm hearing you say that he came to this fight shop to do a seminar and yeah. there were only a few people there. And, you know, here we right. started yeah, doing yeah. this thing at 540 where we're in an era where jujitsu's you know, really popular and everybody's got, uh, everybody's on social media and word gets around, but we had some packed seminars at 540 yeah, and oh, you yeah. were there for a lot of them. I was there for a lot of, I, I wasn't there for his. Oh, really? <laughs> I, must have been, I was out, of, I must have been out of town or something. Yeah. But I, I was not there for Hegan's seminar. And, yeah. and then of course my son trained with Hanato Magno up in, uh, you know, who's, who's part of that that whole Machado family. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a cousin or something. And, and so, I mean, there's like four brothers, the Machado, you know, brothers, Jean-Jacques and, right. and George and John. Anyway, they're, they're yeah. really a great bunch of people, but yeah, um, yeah he's a, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. He's a, he's a funny dude. So uh, what advice nice do you guy. have for somebody who is thinking about starting jujitsu or who's very early in their process of jujitsu? What would you say to encourage them? Oh man, you know, honestly, everybody says this, just show up, you know, right. You, you got to show up. I mean, and, and it's not for everybody, you right. know, I, and I get that, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, I, I really get it that it's not, not everybody, um, not everybody is going to take to the, you know, the, the close contact and the, sure. and the getting your face smashed and, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, honestly, just sh show up, uh, partake of it the way you want. If you, if, if you have, you know, if you really don't like the free sparring kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you'll let your instructors know that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not, um, and I, I, I mean, I really understand that part of it because it's scary, you know, for people that walk in there and they, especially if they come to an open mat or they come and sure. they see, you know, free sparring at the end of a, of mm -hmm. a, of a, uh, class. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of frightening looking for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us just show up and, 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 and if you're really interested in, in lear learning that martial art, which, which to me. I mean, there's, there's nothing better that you can learn really for self-defense, your self-esteem yeah. and confidence yeah. and all that stuff. So everybody says that, but it's, it remains true. So, yeah. <laughs> Any advice on staying motivated um, for the people who maybe are, are in the middle of the process and some days they feel like they're just going to give it up. Um, what it, has, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it it's okay. Um, it's okay to take a break. Mm. You know, sometimes I think it's actually good. I mean, I have a hard time doing that myself and even teaching, every, you know, three or four days a week for me. Uh, I mean, I end up with joint pain and all kinds of stuff because just showing stuff. Right. 
you know, takes a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of stress mm -hmm. and all that. And uh, and I think, you know, be kind to yourself. Don't be afraid to to step back and take a break. Uh, it's good. And 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 if you get injured, if you have an injury, big or small, um, you know, continue to show up because that's you know, a lot of times you learn by watching as well. Sure. And it, and it kind of helps to keep you uh, in the game. Yeah. Uh, mentally in the game. Right. And uh, surprisingly, one time I got injured pretty badly, bad shoulder injuries. And so I could only come to class and watch for right. like a couple of months. Yeah. And I remember when I came back and I, I was better, I really hadn't lost much because right. I was, I was showing up and, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of partaking in that way. So, yeah. 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 I, be there. I, thankfully. Be there. Yes. Be there. <laughs> That's a, it's true. I've, I've experienced that in my, uh, in my jujitsu where, um, you know, I have those plateaus where I just feel like nothing's, I'm just not getting any better. There's nothing really working for me. And, you know, right, yeah. and next thing I know, because I keep showing up next thing I know, I turn a corner and it, it's working for me. Um, so I, I can attest right. to that just showing up. Um, you know, if, if you stop showing up, you're going to miss out on those moments when you really start to feel like things are clicking for you. Sh certainly taking yeah. a break is good. And, um, I, I love taking a break when my body is feeling pretty beat up so that right. I can go back in and feel like I don't have to baby this knee or, you know, watch right. this shoulder yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and it feels good no, to just, no. you know, feel like yourself yeah. again. But, um, yeah, certainly showing up is a big part of it. And, uh, I've always, thankfully I've never really had an, uh, an injury that put me off the mat for any real amount of time. Um, but I've always kind of thought if I did, what would make sense for me is to continue going to class at my normal times, because right, yeah, for me, exactly. it's more about the Keep habit of showing up. Yeah. The right. schedule thing. Yeah. Because I, I know myself and I know that if I decide, well, I'm injured, I might as well just not go. Um, I'm going to fill that time with other things and develop other habits. So I really like having my set schedule Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon. I know I'm training. It's a part of the schedule. And if I've always thought if I had a big injury, I would probably just have to go and, you know, watch from the couch yeah. because I want to keep that habit. I want to keep that routine as a part of right. my life. And um, I've felt it when I've had to travel or, you know, you've been on vacation or something, you kind of feel like when you get back, you go, uh, well, it's Wednesday at noon. I usually go train, but I don't know. Maybe I'll just go Friday. It's easy to like talk yourself yeah. out of it, but I, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always really glad when I just decide, no, this is my day and my time to train. So, well, it's, it's funny, even with this coronavirus thing, and yeah. even, you know, being at home and being stuck, you know, I'm trying yeah. to do my push-ups and planks and stuff every day. Yeah. But, you know, I've determined I'm going to, I'm going to make sure and walk three, four or five miles a day. Yeah. So, you know, you, you get those miles in by taking a step. You walk out the door, you know, mm. so I've been walking my dog a lot. So, yeah, yeah. You know, you try to just try to keep moving every day and try to, you know, even when you can't do everything you, you want to do, you do, do what you can. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Richard, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. It's been a real pleasure to be one of your students, uh, an honor to be one of your students. Uh, I think that you're a real treasure for uh, Studio 540 and certainly for. Uh, San Diego Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so thank you for all that you put into being a great instructor, all that you give your your uh, students. Um, I've been the beneficiary of a lot of your uh, teaching, and I really appreciate it. And I've definitely implemented a lot of that into my game. So thank you. 
And thank you thank for your you time so today. Much. Thank you. Thank you, Leon. My pleasure. All right. You stay safe out there. Take care Jeez. and we'll be in Jeez, touch. Sir. Hopefully we'll be back on the mat soon, right? You got it. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Bye -bye. Take care.